Welcome on into the show. My name is Danny Gallagher, and I am joined by the snare campaign provocateur. He changed his carnivorous habits and lasted way more than 70 days. It's Benny Horowitz. What's up, dude? <laughs> I I came on today and I was like, is this Denny Gallagher? Is this Tommy Bahama? Tommy Bahama, baby. That's right. Johnny Bermuda shows up instead. Well, well, nine ninety nine at Costco. Anybody listening at home and not watching the video, Denny's wearing a an excellent. What do you call this? A straw cap? No, a cap. I, what? What is it? I would call this a, a quarter life crisis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're but, either skanking or getting too tan at the beach. That's right. Well, sure. no. If, if if I was skanking, I'd have one of those like like South Beach fluffy shirts right, that are like right. you buy at like the store shore down there. Yeah, so. you know what? I love it, Denny. Yeah, it's the time in your life to take some risks. I would go for it. You're just <laughs> this... like Dion Sanders. You know, oh, oh, you're like oh. <laughs> you're like the white Dion Sanders. That's what I love. Are. The fact that you had nothing for the Buffett conversation. Now we have a whole topic coming up on a little bit. And you're like, let me talk about Coach Prime a little bit. So please, well, well, we have the, you know what? I know this is not in the rundown. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I was like, I know it's been talked about a lot the last yeah. few days. And people have varying opinions, but at least I'm going to state mine, which is I love it so much what Deion Sanders is doing. Like the, the biggest thing I like about it, right? I always hate like the old systems, you know, mm -hmm. and this old conceptual idea that like if any coach like worth his salt wanted to come in, especially an ex-player, they had to do like a lot of bullshit for like a long time. And it wasn't because they weren't good enough for something like this. It was just like that slow old way of keeping the ladder rung the way it's been rung for a long time the thing i love about dion is like he like he was after head coaching jobs like ages ago pro head coaching he's yeah. like maybe the coach of the falcons what are you crazy you know how many people would want to come play for the falcons everyone's like look at this arrogance <laughs> look at this guy and his arrogance so pompous that he thinks he could come in and crack the you know the old white dude code that we've had for so long and then look at this Colorado has what more transfers than any other yeah. team by like 50 percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, he's pulling five-star recruits who could have played for any college. He's, you know, he's got his son in the mix. Why don't you think he could keep doing this? Especially in like the modern age of, you know, football when you're not stuck at some place for four years, you know, how many kids are sitting in like, uh, you know, Oh, I'm the, backup lineman at ohio state right now wouldn't my life be a lot more fun <laughs> over there yeah you know just as long as i wear my black socks so i don't know man i'm loving this dion thing i hope he i'm sure it's gonna it's gotta come back down to life at some point i don't think yeah. he's gonna go undefeated tcu had a lot of problems but i mean come on way to like just show up your first day and and make a lot of people look foolish i loved it I have one good comedy impression, I think, and it, 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 it's not Dion. It's not so don't, Dion. Get, don't, oh, don't, don't get too excited. <laughs> I thought no, the tune-up got is. canceled today. <laughs> this is this is my impression of the third-string backup quarterback. You just come on and you just put your red hat on. And <laughs> That's it. it. There he is. I'm just on like at you. Oh my god, man! I didn't know we were getting costuming today. <laughs> You're taking it to the next level. Well, speaking of taking it to the next level. It's this day music history. <laughs> All right, wild four minutes, but what do you got today, Ben? Love that little jingle. So nice. Well, you know, at first I was going to cover uh, New Kids on the Block having an animated show for one year, but then I found this this interesting piece of historical rock evidence that I didn't know about. Uh, on this day in 1955. In an attempt to hide the wrinkles in his suit, Chuck Perry, excuse me, Chuck Berry, does the duck walk for the first time. <laughs> so apparently what happened was, you know, he'd gotten quite a big following in St. Louis. He was doing well. Got invited to come out to the Paramount Theater in Brooklyn. Uh, he's low on the bill at a rock and roll spectacular featuring Tony Bennett, Lillian Briggs, and the Rhythmettes. 
<laughs> of his first shows. He shows up, his suit is wrinkled. So in order to hide the wrinkles, he starts, uh, you know, crouching on stage to conceal his wrinkles. And then it became a thing. He's a flat footed guy. Uh, so, you know, he started the duck walk and how many people did that random thing like influence, you know, yeah. it's, uh, one of the great variables in music when you hear stuff like that, like when people think that, uh, everybody's super calculated and like, <laughs> you forget like, Hey, sometimes just cool people do cool shit and that, uh, that's how the world runs, you know? And, uh, Chuck, Chuck was, uh, I mean, this is 1955. Yeah. My parents were 10. Like, this is cool, you know, like uh, way before it's time. So big ups, Chuck Berry. That's cool. I love the fact that there was a time in rock and roll history when the guy was like, oh, my gosh, I have to have my suit steamed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Not. And if I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> how are people going to look at me? You know, yeah. like, no, I think that's cool. And a time when Chuck Berry and Tony Bennett were on the same bill, you know, it was just when like. The, the early mishmash of when nobody really knew what was happening before things were getting, you know, classified and reclassified, you know, over the decades, a million times. And it's a, it's a cool experience. Would have been cool to see. How many years away do you think? Because I know that this is inevitable. If it happened to air travel, it can happen to anything. Just the performers showing up in PJs and a oh. tank. The crowd showing up in, in PJs. Like, at, at what point do you stop being like, all right, I'm, I'm going out tonight. I'm going to look great. I'm just mailing it in. I think we're about there. Yeah. 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 I, you know what? It's something I haven't observed, right? Yeah. But I'm about to hit the festival circuit again. Yeah. Festival circuit, when I decide to keep my eyes open, taps me into the young. So <laughs> I'll go. I'll take some uh, mental notes. It'll be a little anthropological experiment about like how many baggy sweatpants I'm seeing out in the crowd. I feel like a lot. I feel yeah. like I've seen flannel jammies at festivals <laughs> before. I do. I didn't make it to any festivals this summer, but I, I, I wonder what the jersey was this summer. Was it a, a Giannis? Was it a was it the Wagner brothers? Was it Austin? Oh, Austin Reeves. Austin that Reeves. That was the hundred percent. Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> of course it was. All right. Well, before we get great to great white the hype, getting bodied by the Lithuanians. <laughs> Woo. Great white. Hype. All right. Well, speaking of, you know, maybe getting bodied by the Lithuanians, I don't know. But I know <laughs> on this day in 2005, Rod Stewart was ordered to pay a Las Vegas casino $2 million for missing a New Year's Eve concert in, oh. in 2000. See, he, he got the big one. He got the Y2K one. That's probably why oh. he missed it. Uh, yeah. Stewart said he was unable to play at the Rio Hotel and Casino because his voice disappeared the after Rio. operation to remove a cancerous th thyroid tumor. Uh, the the singer said that his voice only recovered in time for his world tour to begin in 2001. Um, great on him for letting anybody know. So wait, did he pay out two mil? I guess so. Yeah, the court ordered it. So, I mean, this must have been a deposit. So yeah, he was probably still, deposited two, $2 million dollar deposit mil and had to hand it back. Yeah. $2 million dollar deposit, some serious business. <laughs> was Rod doing that well in the early 2000s? I, I guess, Especially I guess the so. Rio. That's yeah. It's not one of the big ones, is it? No, no. So no, no, imagine it's not. There, there must have been like, you know, hauling oats over at the Caesars for four <laughs> mil or something at that time. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's an interesting story. I, I, um, but I do buy it. I mean, I've, uh, multiple multiple times i've known singers who have had to get operations on their throat for like polyps and growths it's part of the overuse of like mm. the voice box and throat so you know one of those things it's like everyone's like ah oh, they're so soft <laughs> you know you know these people got like little growth coming in on their throat trying yeah. to entertain you the boss gave them a peptic ulcer uh, yeah how about that? Now, I oh man, you know, we, we could do a whole topic on that. We won't, but I had to ask, you know, the girlfriend, the, the, the respected, oh no, excuse me, the fiance. Oh my gosh, she's here right now. I'm going to get a lot of, oh boy. There I'm, we go. Put the I'm hat back on. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> the third, third string move. I think the, the red, you need a, the oh, black there hat it is. that I was saving for the, the, the Jimmy Buffett portion. Fuck of yeah, it. for that one. <laughs> but for sure. I was going to say, um, you know, I, I had to ask about the peptic ulcer because I'd heard of an ulcer, but I haven't right. heard of the peptic ulcer before. So, All right, different acid, baby. Yeah. 
It's all yeah. about the acids. That should have been the name of the pod from the jump. Do you do acid? <laughs> Come on. We talked about this last previously on the tune up. All right. Well, I, speaking of acid, maybe. Wow. You know, no. I wanted yeah, to go have to the next. Such a, Come on. I wanted to have. I wanted to have such a respectable intro for. Uh, the king of the parrot heads himself, Mr. Jimmy Buffett. Who, uh, I'm sorry before, I messed it up for you yeah. with acid. I'm sure he took a couple trips in his life. I mean, you don't come up, up with Stanford shit Francisco. like that, like come with Monday. a sober mind. Yeah. Come on. Anyway, the black bucket hat for the king himself here. All right. So Jimmy Buffett passed away last weekend uh, at the age of 76 at his home in Sag Harbor, New York. Uh, the singer had been diagnosed with a rare form of skin cancer. Um, Markle cell sarinoma, uh, which he'd been dealing with for four years. Uh, I, I want to talk about this first because it's you know, people we got to use sunscreen, but if it, the, the king of Margaritaville, the king of the boats, the the godfather of yacht rock, so so to speak, you know, he uh, he been out in the sun a bunch, you know, wasting away a little bit in Margaritaville, not using proper sunscreen, so we got to. Folks, if you listen to the tune-up, we want to protect you. Uh, get 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 your sunscreen in order. But, get your tune-up sunscreen now. Oh my god! $19.99. Link the link below. Link the link. Oh my goodness! Oh, gracious. we should have synergy. We should have done synergy. I know. I'm I know. sorry. I keep ruining your Buffett segment. <laughs> my Buffett segment. No, this, this is thing. I love because if Benny had had his way, there'd be no Buffett segment. But it's uh, fine. But uh, all right, so. Like I was saying, uh, Jimmy Buffett passed away at the age of 76. Uh, you, know, you know the hits, Margaritaville, Cheeseburger in Paradise, uh, which kind of combined country rock, a little bit of Calypso melodies. Uh, his, if you've listened to any of his live albums, he had the, the rye lyrics, you know, just about boating and, and living the good life. There's three things that I think that are interesting about the Jimmy Buffett career. Okay. The first being the fact that he hadn't had a hit and the charts since the 80s and could still probably sell out all the stadiums in a lot of sure. part of the country. That's cult, incredible. Cult following. The second thing is the fact that he's kind of the, you know, he, he came along at a time when country music was very much changing and by default kind of became the guy who a lot of the modern country artists were like, that was my guy, which is kind of a crazy thing. Right? He, he was like a pop soft rock guy that kind of thread, threaded that needle. And then the third is the Jimmy Buffett business. You know, when he opened his first Margaritaville, he, he reached a point in his career that a lot of artists reach um, when they were like, I'm not sure what my touring life is going to look like. So let me open a place where I can always play. And, you know, after a successful bar restaurant, he expands into other things worth a billion dollars. So I, I don't know if that's a repeatable business model. I think you got to have a little bit of a, uh, your music has to be a little bit more alcohol and destination inspired, but big ups to the man. He he lived the life like no other. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that really stands out immediately is what you said is just like, I mean, good on you for just carving out your space in the world. And this was like, you not only found your space, you sat on top of that space for decades, yeah. decades and decades. So like, credit to anybody who does that and you know like sometimes you know if i'm walking down the beach and i see a place like that or i see you know like it feels sure it feels a little tacky at times you know like like it is what it is but you know what people are always doing there they're always having a good time you know and like if you're just promoting good times yeah i'm all for it you know um it's interesting what you said because i never you know, I, I only saw him from the outside and didn't really like know about his roots and the fact that he really influenced music in that kind of way. So here, here's the thing I wonder is like, you know how Grateful Dead stopped and like fish kind of, you know, came in and stuff like, like, I feel like what he created is not going to stop, you know, because because people want to drink at the beach <laughs> and they want to do what they're going to yeah. do. They're going to still play his songs. Who's stepping into the Buffett role? Well, the sad thing is it's like it's it's country music. I know people look at like Kenny Chesney, who very much has tried to do like the, the Jimmy Buffett thing. But it's like it's nowhere near the same when you have no. like your Zach Brown bands. Any of these country guys, they're that's out. Where you say that, though. But like the reason I never connected Jimmy Buffett with country is like I didn't 
you don't really hear much of that twang. Yeah. And I think that's maybe the reason he was a little more like non-regional, you know, like mm. why a bunch of people up in New Hampshire or something <laughs> would, would happily listen to Buffett because it didn't come off that way. Yeah. So I don't think it would be a country artist. I went, my head went more to like Jack Johnson, like, or somebody like that taking more of a, a pop turn yeah. later in life. Like what if Jack Johnson hits 50 and just starts writing like straight pop records? He could be that. <laughs> I love it. No, no, no. He's got the juice Benny, in the surfing world. I'm talking Am I missing to it? the guy who's going to be part of the great revival of this Calypso punk rock movement. You and the guys, when you guys all move to Florida, this record oh. blows up. Yeah. Is this my my post 50s? This is your post 50s. You guys are all living in Tampa. Okay. (laughs) I would have preferred California, but (laughs) okay. (laughs) I don't mind this. This got me to think what do you think is the most popular drink among Gaslight Anthem fans? Because I was thinking about a, a, a couple of these. I think at the show, they're going Miller High Life or something tall in, in, in variety. But if they're not at the show, I think there's a lot of, you know, I haven't drank in a, a little bit slash I had a whiskey journey, people. Ah, Your it's thoughts? a tough one, man. Yeah. I feel like the drinks of our crowd has probably changed over the years, you yeah. know, like because because early on a real, real shot in a beer bar, mm, yeah. bar special kind of crowd, you know, like. What's the the cheapest well drink in a Pabst Blue Ribbon you can find? That was kind of the vibe. And then, you know, maybe when it got, you know, we turned into like a whiskey, a scotch yeah. kind of crowd, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. But, bro, I look out now, I can see the the shot and the beer people over here, and I see the white wine spritzer people over here. Oh, wow. They're all welcome. All welcome. We're like Margaritaville, baby. <laughs> I'm like Jimmy Buffett. You're all welcome. <laughs> But it, it it varies. It varies. You know, there's there's red wine groups. There's I'm at a I was taking a walk. Where was I in Connecticut? Last time mm-hmm. I was there, we played in Wallingford at the Dome and uh, met some people tailgating outside before the show. Turned out they owned a craft brewery mm-hmm. and uh, gave me a four pack. It was their delicious craft brew. <laughs> so we got that crew, you know. It's wasting away on hard IPA. Let's let's stick with the original. I guess you know we're we're shot in a beer. Shot in a beer. Okay. uh, Shot in a beer. Shot in a beer. Yeah. All right, Benny. Well, speaking of changes in latitude and changes in attitude, we have done. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, we have y'all a man named Reza Bellucci, not to be concerned. Not to be misconstrued with Jim Belushi. I just want to make that abundantly clear. Close mental attitude, yeah. Try as he might, he could not reach his destination. Where was he going, per se? He was going to England by way of crossing the Atlantic Ocean on a giant floating hamster wheel made of buoys, wires, and and was self-propelled by Belushi running himself just inside the wheel, straight up human hamster wheel gotta love it uh he lived in florida was granted asylum from iran and was taken by the coast guard authorities last week uh they they took him aboard his vessel um no word on on what's happened to him but i think they kind of took him out because they were like bro a hurricane is coming get out he they they literally found him 700 miles off the coast that's crazy it's not like he was just like a couple miles off like he was um here, so I did a little digging because this story was so fascinating to me, and it turns out it's not his first run-in with the Coast Guard. He's tried this before: 2014, 2016, 2020. They've saved him before. Uh, one time they shot his hamster wheel and downed it. Um, so he has this long-running thing with the Coast Guard, and this time. He was literally on the ship saying that he was going to cut himself with knives if they came on and fucked with his hamster wheel. This guy also, when he first came to America, got notoriety because he Forrest Gumped America and ran across it twice. So here's here's sometimes when I'm like, I, I understand my tax dollars at work and the resources going here. But why are we stopping homie in the hamster wheel trying to get to England? He's on a quest, a quest beyond governments, a quest beyond coast guards. 
He's he's connected to something different. He's on a let him just do his fucking thing and die in the hamster wheel. It's what he wants. You know, I don't know. I don't know why this works me up so much, but it, it, it was almost like it felt to me like Kevorkian or something where I'm like, stop fucking with this guy. And I'm sure there was somebody off the coast of North Carolina who drowned because the Coast Guard resources we're out with the fucking hamster wheel. Like, let the guy try to get to England. Maybe he'll make it. And he probably won't. But, eh, not our business. You know? My first thought when you were saying that he was 70 miles off the coast, isn't that in the international waters at that point? Isn't that like a... Because I yeah, thought that, that was yeah. 50 and miles. I forget was... what the thing was, but I'm sure it's in their mandate charter somewhere. Basically, they deemed his trip like a suicide mission oh. and when the coast guard deems it that it's their responsibility under whatever blah blah shmama to to take him out of the water so i think that is what happened they're just like oh he's 100 gonna die if he stays on this course so and he's well, but he's on there he's like hey i have my computer to watch movies i got my <laughs> gps he's like i'm set you know should just left him alone well, Reza, I hope that you're I wearing know. sunscreen because if if this is your suicide mission, I want you yeah. to accomplish it and not get the melanoma on your skin. Well, and if there's anything like the fall of mankind will provide is no rules for stuff like this. So if you just hang on for a few more years, oceans are wide open. Do your thing, pal. You know, well, you know, you you, you bring us perfectly to our next story and climate protesters there and we go. all of many different things that happening. That's right. Uh, well, you know, I don't know if you were watching the U.S. Open on Thursday night. I haven't been taking it in. Okay. Well, there was a match between Coco Goff and Carolina Machova at the USC. Now, that one I got. <laughs> Other yeah, names, I'm, I'm screwed. But this one, I was like, boom, got it. Uh, at the U.S. Open in New York. And, they, <coughs> and the, the tennis match was stopped Thursday after an environmental protester glued his feet to the cement floor, a tournament official said. So the the climate protester was up there. They were wearing a stop fossil fuel shirt. And then eventually when they drew up all of the commotion at the stadium, because then they started yelling, as, as you know, you're not supposed to do that during tennis. Uh, and then they they super glued the feet to the floor, which I'm like, that's like that that's like some Bob Einstein stuff there. Kind of love it. Real but, I've got a real problem with this protest, and, and I, I, I think it's, it, it's weak here. Number one, you're in New York City. It's the U.S. Open. I get it. What the heck are you doing being barefoot, man? There's diseases. There's germs. I get that you care about the future of all of that. So, But, man, being barefoot and touching anything, gross. Number two, and this is where they really That's why you up. get sick. Yeah. That's why you get sick a lot. You're like you're not gonna survive. You to see. No, that's why you get sick yeah. a lot because you <laughs> oh, won't wear barefoot oh, in the city. Oh, so you're... build up when your was immunity. Time, when yeah. was the last time you walked barefoot in the city? I walk barefoot all the time. <laughs> that's a very Trump answer. There, yeah. <laughs> people are saying no. Yeah, but, uh, well, watch the tape. <laughs> the the other big problem with this protest was the fact that the NFL was starting the same night. And there are way more billionaires that have an invested interest in that not going off with a hitch. Well, you probably could have made a bit bigger stink there. Number one, it's tennis. Number two, it's New York. Yeah, but you can't glue to grass. You can't glue to grass. No, but you can glue to any stadium. You could have made your way to Kansas City. Probably yeah, but a way if you cheaper glued yourself ticket. to the outside of the stadium, they're just like, all right, fuck off. We're yeah, Barstool made an entire company out of it. So it is possible. And your brand can go a lot further than that. I don't know. But, I mean, listen, I'm not here. Here's the thing. I, when I, it's easy to dismiss stuff like this. It is, yeah. especially in the sports world and stuff like that. Honestly, when I see stuff like this, I see desperate people, desperate people who don't know what the fuck to do because no one else will listen. And they're trying anything, anything to get your eyes on it, anything to get uh, awareness from other people. And, you know, it's ironic this time that literally there's fucking tennis players saying like, hey, we can't do this anymore because we are cooking. We can't even play a full fucking game without dying. We had someone saying somebody is going to die out here if we keep doing this. So what? Where's the A to B? Like, this is where I don't understand. There's a fucking problem. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? And like, no one's doing anything about it. So people are getting desperate. Do I think this is like smart and good and well-reasoned? No. Would you be better off going to college and becoming an environmental scientist and leading a charge against the government or, or other government? Sure. That's more functional. There's also other ways. Some people are going to do that. Some people are going to do this. And it usually takes the two-headed snake to start making real change. So as sometimes as tacky as I think it is and sticky, uh, you know, I, 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 there's a part of me that wants to dismiss this as bullshit. But when I really like open up the curtain and try to see it on a big picture, I don't think it's bullshit. And I kind of applaud these people, honestly. I agree with the message, but Thursday's disruption was by a, a group that uh, calls themselves Extinction Extinction Rebellion. And this follows several protests that they've had over the summer, uh, including blocking the route to Burning Man Festival Saw in that. Nevada, which that one I get. That one, I, I'm all for this. Block those people in. Those people have an incredible disposable income that they could be, you know, maybe not right, burning. People at the U.S. The Open don't? Like, no, it's... Like, that's what I'm saying. I, I've never fucking sat in the stands wow. at the U.S. Open. I'm from New Jersey. Me I've been neither, next to but... this thing for 40 years. Why have yeah. I never gone? Because well. it's some fucking elitist shit I don't know anything about. How is it any different? You might as well glue yourself to a horse at a horse jumping competition. Like, Watch. This is going to be the, the, the tape of this pod that like ages like very poorly when I just be, hit my 30s and it's just like activist central. And then I'm just gluing my feet yeah. and hands to something. <laughs> I Listen, you know what? It won't look bad as long as when you're gluing your feet and hands, you said, I once said this was bad. People love humility. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> I'm creating my own redemption story. Yeah, yeah you're, good. you're good. All right. Well, keeping it in Queens, there's another you know stink that's happening at the U.S. Open. Um, and, and this one's happening on good old Court 17 right out there in, in Flushing. Summer a serious, summer funny. I love it. A pungent, and this is the a word that pungent. the article used to describe, a pungent marijuana smell wafted over an entire court of concentration at one of the world's top tennis events and left people declaring it the unofficial scent of New York City. This happened at Court 17 uh, when during a competition last week. Uh, it, it, it was only one of the first round games, so it didn't have too much to, to do, but tennis player Alexander Zarevovic, <laughs> as i there just did go. like the youth nice. thing uh he did uh he said court 17 definitely smells like snoop dogg's living room talking about the over uh powering smell like that guy's ever been in snoop yeah. dogg's living yeah, room exactly like, like he would ever be invited how do you know maybe he... snoop smokes outside i'm sure he has a very nice place <laughs> the smell came from an adjacent park next to the court where apparently people are just like ripping heaters and 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 ripping uh just all sorts of joints and bongs and stuff like that. Um, so the tennis world was welcome to New York City, and I think that they got a very New York City and Queens welcome. Your thoughts on the controversy? Oh, no controversy. I love it. Well, first of all, I didn't realize how problematic that was until you just said it. Snoop Dogg, very successful guy, father. You really think his living room is just cooked out all day yeah. long? You know, like he's probably at least got a smoking room. Yeah. Probably two. Maybe. Cheech and Chong, maybe. Snoop Dogg. Absolutely. Just saying. And you don't know. Bad example. Yeah. But as far as like you're in Queens, you're next to Corona Park. I'm sure there's been many events where somebody smelled barbecue. You know, somebody smelled cigarettes. Somebody smelled a number of things. I'm sure there's been places where it just smells like stinky trash. Like, like, what are you going to do if no one's smoking in the stadium? You know, they've they've confirmed that. And uh, I think it's just like even the person who initially complained about it said uh, uh, the female player said at yeah. the end that, you know, people have to deal with these things like stop complaining. And it's not, you know, and I think it's a little hat, uh, you know, part and parcel to the, the tennis crowd turning into like like soccer penalties, you know, like, like relax. You're throwing a ball in the air to serve that shit. You've done how many times in your life? 
You need absolute silence. <laughs> you need the clean it. Like, what's up? You need clean air and silence to play tennis. You ever seen fucking LeBron James shoot a free throw? There's people with inflatable French fries behind him fucking going crazy. Mr. Whammy and shit. Like, I think tennis, maybe in some of my g- approaches to modernizing golf, I feel like tennis should have some more obstacles. You know, in fairness, the one time anybody fucked with the AC on LeBron, he cried about it for five years. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? so he's he plays in a controlled environment. True. This is outdoors. No, I get it. I get it. And you're used to it. And, you yeah. know, when you're used to a certain thing, you need a certain thing to perform. But I mean, this one, as someone who's, you know, from New York, I, th- there's a part of pride I have in this story of just yeah. like, yeah, you're in New York. Welcome. Welcome By to the New way, York. This is how it goes here. You know, is this the fit that you would wear when you are smoking the strain that is going to be eventually called Court Seventeen? Is this the fit that you have to wear? My something white like on that. white outfit. Yeah, you're looking like almost like a French hip hop artist or something. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, if a guy from uh, New York can call himself French Montana, I can be, I don't know, French Key West to keep the Buffett theme going. French anyway. Key West. <laughs> That'll sell. That'll sell. All right. Well, we, you know, we brought up the NFL before and week one is officially upon us. Officially Uh, The on Thursday night, the Detroit Lions came back to shock the Kansas City Chiefs in the home opener that we mentioned before. Um, Really nice to see uh, a a team like Detroit make a big statement on opening night. But I want to run through. So these games that we got going on this week, yeah. talk about some of the big storylines oh, yeah. happening this week. And we're going to start with the guy who just got paid big money to be the highest paid guy in the NFL. And that is Joe Burrow. Uh, he starts this Sunday, kicks things off uh, in a battle for Ohio Bengals at Browns. Um, you know, Joe Burrow, he, you know, he's looking to get the Bengals to the Super Bowl, make a statement in a very crowded uh, conference this season. So, what do you make of a the Joe Burrow payday and you know them going up in the Battle of Ohio? I mean, I think Cleveland's all right this year. Yeah. Like they might be fine, but you know, there's a reason Joe Burrow got that bag, uh, and they're bringing one of the most dangerous quarterbacks back with arguably the best wide receiving core in the NFL. And I don't think Cleveland's going to be able to hold up um, the bag he got. I mean, I love seeing it, and I think this is just the bag we got to get used to, right? This is the new scale for a a premier young uh, second contract for a quarterback in the NFL. And like every single person's going to get it like this, but uh, I like the Bengals all the way in this game. I think, I I don't know. I I'm surprised that they're only, only favored by two. I thought it would be a little more. CJ Stroud makes his debut for the Texans going up against the Baltimore team. Who's also going to be in that conversation. Anytime you have a guy like Lamar and the rest of that team, you're going to be in the conversation, but what are you expecting from CJ in this? You know, I'm expecting very typical rookie shit and, and his is probably going to be more exposed than most because of the team he's on and the help he has, which is, you know, light. Uh, I think we can put, all the big quarterbacks kind of in the same conversation this year. Like really like, am I expecting C day shroud to lead the Texans, Anthony Richardson to lead the Colts or Bryce young to lead the Panthers to anything more than like, you know, six wins, seven wins, maybe, you know, no, I don't. So, and I think the Ravens are back every, I think Lamar Jackson's like, because, you know, the the narrative has just been the contract for so long. Everyone forgot this is a former league MVP who can, you know, carry a team on his back. And he's actually got a pretty interesting team. So I, the Ravens are going to fucking smoke him. Tampa Bay at Minnesota. We get the first look at Baker Mayfield, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is this something or nothing? Uh, I'm not going to call it something yet for sure. You know, like I think there's some promise and, you know, we always have that fantasy of, you know, the person who, who, you know, had some nice runs and has that potential to get into the right situation and, and it all pans out, but I'm not really seeing it here. I think he's 
you know, nothing more than an average quarterback in this league when you put all of his tools together. So I, I like Minnesota in this game. That's a put together team, you know, even with the running back situation being funky. I mean, they do have like the best wide receiver in the game, you know, maybe yeah. by far. Carolina at Atlanta, the first game for another young quarterback, number one overall pick, Bryce Young. What are you expecting from yeah. his debut for the Panthers? Same, same as Strat. You know, all you're looking for here is like for every uh, two don't look good, one to look pretty good, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think this game is a microcosm of uh, the worst division in the NFL, which is <laughs> going to be this one because, I mean, there's – there's not a, a an NFL level starting quarterback in this, uh, you know, <laughs> in this entire division. So I think that I mean I like uh, Atlanta in this game, but I don't like either to to make a big splash this season. Arizona at Washington, the first game of the post Dan Snyder era. Benny, are you excited? Nah, no. I mean, I like the fact that they're not called the Commanders, and I like, or excuse me, you know, that the opposite. Yeah. I like the fact that they're called the commanders i like the fact that dan snyder is not there and you know there's a reclamation but i think the last time i gave a shit about the redskins they had players like uh ernest biner and like <laughs> doug williams and you know like i i don't care about that team and i haven't for a long time so until there's just some consistency and some players you actually want to watch like yeah i could care less about that team even though i do think they win week one <laughs> how do we feel about magic johnson owning the washington football team though because i love magic magic's one of my like favorite basketball players but man you the commander i i get there's very few seats at the nfl table but come on i mean he's in, in that ownership i mean group. listen man it's still dc yeah you know and i think like it, it, you know because of the ownership and the things that have happened over the years like you know it got a as it should have, you know, I don't think it got some kind of false flag. It should have been flagged as a shitty organization that is no fun to support, but you're still in, you know, one of the greatest cities in America that can really support pro teams and has supported this team in the past. So I don't blame the city at all for this. And I think you give them a good football team and people to root for, they're going to be there. How many years do we see that this is the catalyst for the Magic Johnson presidential campaign that has been building literally for almost 50 years? I don't know. It, does Magic step into politics much? Uh, I feel I like he tried. I don't, I don't right? hear him dip into the, you know, you don't like, he's not like Kareem where like something yeah. happens and all of a sudden you got a sub stack. You know, he doesn't really have an opinion on anything besides for making money. Oh, wait. I guess he could be president <laughs> or I don't know if, you know, he was, he was one of these guys that on Twitter was like said the corniest stuff about the Lakers always. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait for the season of winning time where we get Adrian Brody playing a older Pat Riley. And then this kid uh, that's playing magic, just like Twitter fingers and, and running the Lakers. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be incredible. Yeah. All right, let's keep it moving here. A 49ers at Steelers. Uh, another one of the high-profile matchups of the week. The 49ers have Brock Purdy back, and they're hoping that this season ends in a Super Bowl. Pittsburgh looking for Kenny Pickett to make a next step. Uh, not asking you to pick the game here, but just looking at the 49ers' outlook for the season. I really like the 49ers this year, and um, as I think you're going to ask me in a little bit, they are my Super Bowl uh, choice out of this division. I love a team that can do the things it does with so much versatility where like, you know, um, what do we need to win today? And we'll throw that at you. Uh, and that's an impressive thing. And now you have uh, Nick Bosa got his sack of coin. He's back. He's engaged with Warner. Defense is amazing. I think this might be one of those teams that's as close to the, you know, like early 2000s Ravens and things like that, where, I don't think you need anybody past a Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold to get you past it because you're so talented on D and so talented at the skill positions. So I actually like the Niners a lot this year. I do too. And, and yes, we will get the Super Bowl picks coming up. But first, Raiders Broncos. The Sean Payton era begins in Denver. Uh, he's got Russell Wilson going out there. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in the fold in Las Vegas. Uh, classic recreational matchup over here between Las Vegas and, and Denver. What's happening here for you? 
Yeah, kind of a pick them, you know, yeah. because with these two, so much is to be determined by what we see on the field this year. You know, like uh, Sean Payton's coming in fucking hot. I'll tell you that, <laughs> you know, um, and <laughs> if this doesn't go well for him, you know, he's going to flame out in a in a really, really funky way in this league after having amount of esteem that he did have. Um, so we'll see, honestly, with yeah. this one. I'm tired of the Russell Wilson experience um, over it. I, you know, if you want to be a celebrity and a brand ambassador, go do it. Honestly, I, it, it seems like he's way more interested in that than playing football anymore. And then the Sean Payton stuff. I don't get the stranglehold that he has like over everybody. I mean, he Dan, he, he got Kevin James to option his life. You want to talk about a convincing guy in the room. So he's back in the league. Um, really just crazy matchup here. And we have yet to talk about Jimmy G living in Vegas enough. We have not done that, you know, so all of the too handsome for Vegas, too handsome or something for Vegas. So interesting matchup. That's definitely one to keep an eye on a, oh man, we have a classic NFL matchup coming also in the 425 block Eagles at new England, Jalen hurts and the Eagles looking to get back to the super bowl. But you know, bill Belichick, I think he cut all of his backup quarterbacks. I seem to remember reading that. But <laughs> yeah, he, he yeah. has his guy and he cut the rest of them. So what do you he's make back? Of this? He's back on Mac Jones territory. <laughs> he got himself an offensive coordinator again. I'm sure they'll be better. But as much as I admittedly hate to say this, especially with me posting an article about the Giants yesterday <laughs> and half the comments being go birds, which, you know, guys, have you never heard of the Falcons, Ravens or Cardinals before either? Like, what a dumb fucking thing to call your own team. But uh, I, I don't know. The Eagles are going to be great this year. I think they yeah. take this game. <laughs> yeah. Have you been listening to this Kelsey Brothers podcast? No. It's worth it. It's what? worth it, dude. Ugh. It's actually good. Oh, my God. I'd rather listen bear. to. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather. No. All right. No, I'm not going to listen. How many Rams... times can I hear Hoagie in one podcast? <laughs> Rams at Seahawks. What do you like? Yeah. Another one like this is tough because it's, you know, these teams both have like so much to prove and so much to show. But I, I kind of like the Seahawks right now. I think just like continuity wise and stuff like that, that they're going to pull that over the Rams who have so many question marks. Geno Smith, not bad. Yeah. How about that? Another court, another young quarterback matchup here. Dolphins at Chargers. The return of Tua, and my gosh, I hope this kid can stay healthy this yeah. year. And Justin Herbert, a name that doesn't get a lot of mention anymore. Uh, two AFC playoff teams from a year ago looking to continue their mo- momentum. Anything of interest here for you? I got, yeah, I got a bad feeling about Miami and the way it's set up this year. Tyreek, Tua misses any time. Yeah, the coach, and I don't know. There's just like what a don't lot you of- like about the coach? I like the coach, yeah. but I think, you know, and so there's like a lot of variables that are just kind of making me murky about the dolphin situation. I think chargers are bringing back, you know, some, some really solid pieces with a lot of continuity. I like the chargers in the game. The start of the Jordan love era in green Bay, Chicago, not missing, not messing around over here, Wisconsin. The, I, I like the close one, the Marquette rivalry because everybody there either went it grew up in Wisconsin or they grew up in the suburb of Chicago. Uh, Jordan Love gets a start uh, for Green Bay to start this new era. What do you make of uh, his future and the Packers future? Uh, again, even I even have an inside track on the Packers and oh. still don't know because nobody really knows. You know, I think the idea that you just let um, your brand new quarterback sit under Aaron Rodgers for three seasons I mean, that bodes about as well as you can basically functionally in this league to have all the tools you need to succeed. Um, But I haven't seen it yet. And I'm kind of high in the Bears this year. I think they're pretty good. I think they fortify the offense. I'm expecting uh, Fields to take another step because I think he's a talented kid. So I like the Bears. It's going to be interesting to see the dynamics between the Bears fans and the Bears organization this season because, you know, they have this proposed new stadium all the way out in the suburbs, moving away from Soldier Field potentially. So we're going to I know it's keeping it in the market, but I'm going to be interested to see how that one gets this season. 
Um, Cowboys at Giants. Your big blue. You had the uh, wonderful article in Spin. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. If, if if people want to go check out the full rundown there, uh, I believe it's in your Instagram bio, right? At Benny Horowitz. There we it go. All is. right. So Dak Prescott and the Cowboys are looking to return back to their greener pastures. Big blue trying to keep up momentum from last season. Let's, fo- let's focus this one on the Giants. What are you expecting from the Giants this season? Yeah, I mean, I think Dallas is going to be pretty good, too. So I don't want to totally rule them out, Um, you know, but I think in a strange way, they maybe even have some more question marks than the Giants do. There's some people who have to show up and start playing for you to really start to believe it this season. So uh, on on that uh, note, I take the New York football Giants as I predicted to go 11 and six. Uh, I think they're very strong in the places you need to be strong now, which is the lines. We're talking about a premier defensive line with uh, Lawrence in the middle and Thibodeau, you know, making making jumps on the outside. Secondary is in a little bit of trouble, but, you know, we uh, drafted well to fortify. I love the Darren Waller pickup. I think with a Daniel Jones, who, you know, is is a good manager at this point. Um, having Saquon Barkley coming out of the backfield and someone like Darren Waller and, you know, a field filled with slot receivers bodes well. So I'm taking my my New York football giants this first week. I, I love it. I love it. A, a big win there. I love the fact anytime we talk about the giants, like Nets, you're very down the middle. You're going to tell me exactly how it is. Yank, same thing. The moment we get the big blue, I start to see the eyes get a little bigger. You know what? I, I was just joking about this the other day. I wrote that spin article twice. Yeah. The first one was much more pessimistic. Oh, it was. Wow. And I read it back and I was like. Optimism episode. <laughs> I was like, who wants to see this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, who wants? who's a Giants fan who wants to read a drummer from a band being ho hum, you know, like I'm a true fan. And you know what being a true fan means is right before the start of every season. Yeah. I think we're a Super Bowl contender. I'll talk myself into my team over and over and over again. I used to do it with the nets more. It's been tough the last few years. Okay. And I think if you asked me about the giants three years ago, (laughs) we would add a much different conversation. This is kind of like, two franchises on other sides, but this is the most hopeful and entertaining and youthful. The giants have been in fucking ages, yeah. you know, and it's a really nice time to be a giants fan right now. It is. I want to read. And we got a great coach. Great. coach yeah. too. I need to read this pessimistic article because I just want to see you trashing everybody. No, 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 no. <laughs> keep it, keep it light. I was I like, Oh, it. who wants to hear this crotchety old <laughs> bastard, you know? All right, and then final game of the week, Bills at Jets on September 11th. Aaron Rodgers makes his debut at MetLife Stadium for the, you know, a Jets team that really I don't think many people are talking about. What? Uh, no, are you I listening know, to New York radio? I know. Uh, that, that's, oh, outside that's of joke. New York. That, outside that, of New York. That's the joke there. They've been on hard knocks. Aaron Rodgers is everywhere. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. So, Jets. I, I don't season. know. I think it's the Bills not in a walk, but yeah. so, you know, like the Jets again have like, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He's got that name, but I haven't seen it in a couple seasons. I think the defense of the Jets is a little overhyped, uh, even though I'm as big of a sauce guy as anyone in the league. Uh, maybe my favorite player in the league. And uh, But I, I think the Bills are coming like hot and heavy this year, you know, and it's it's turning into one of those teams where it's like, it's if you have this guy playing quarterback, it's just good for this many wins at this point. And I think the rest of the team is solid. So, uh, I like the Bills to go all the way through. All right. And then the moment of truth now here. Super Bowl prediction from yours truly, Benny Horowitz. What's what's going on? Straight from the article. I'm not going to vary. I have the Buffalo Bills facing mm-hmm. the San Francisco 49ers with the Buffalo Bills, the only actual team in New York, taking the crown. Mm, okay. That's what I have. I think they're going to break through this year. And one of the reasons I made this pick was because I was like, what's going on with the Chiefs? Yeah. And then last night kind of proved me right. I'd like to say I uh, wrote that article about a week before the Chiefs game last night. So I was on it. 
Ben Stradamus strikes again right there. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go Bengals Eagles here. You know, Bengals Eagles. Yeah, Bengals Eagles. I want to see. I could easily see. Yeah, for sure. Sadly. I want to see Joe Burrow take that next level. You know, he seems like the kind of guy where you know he's he's motivated by by the failures. Almost has that Mamba mentality. That's gonna be very, very fun to see the conference of him, uh, Allen. Now Rogers is, is in a all of them kind of going head to head with one. You know, so that's going to be fun this year. Yeah. At this point for me, I think I, I want something different this year. That's what I want in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, I'll take the <laughs> Eagles just because it's different. I'll take the bills. I'll take the Niners. Like I want, I want some of the, the new stars of the NFL to really get their chance in the, in the final here. All right, man, this has been the longest. Yeah. you this is this is why Benny gave me Buffett at the top because we have football and baseball to really bring this thing to the meat and potatoes here. All right, well, let's jump as we continue to get closer to the playoffs here. Uh, Braves still looking like they're the team to beat in all of this. Um, absolutely giant week again. Uh, has anything changed for you since last week, with Braves being your team to beat in baseball? Yeah, I mean, I think in the AL you really got to start watching Houston. And I think I said this a few weeks ago, but, um, you know, this was the team, you know, I didn't think Seattle and Texas were, were fake all year. I think they're extremely good teams who, who deserve to be in the playoffs, but Houston still got that core man. And, you know, Altuve swinging again, Alvarez is back. And when you're inside of that lineup and you're pitching to, Altuve and Alvarez and Tucker and Bregman and, you know, just to name a few, along with a lot of, you know, interesting sub pieces. Brantley just came back. Diaz is great. Um, and then, you know, with great frontline pitching relief, uh, I'm scared, you know, when when you see a Baltimore Orioles with 88 wins and uh, your normal layman couldn't name a pitcher on that team. <laughs> is when I start to think, you know, Houston's the one who's done it before and they're right there. So if there's anything the last couple of weeks have given me is a little bit more of a, uh, are we watching out for Houston enough here? You know, and then in the NL, I think we're in a pretty similar situation with uh, the Braves and the Dodgers really at the top. It turns out Walker Bueller will not make it back this season. And now Julio Urias is dealing with another domestic violence situation. He's already been suspended once. So I have a feeling we're not seeing him for the rest of this season in to the beginning of next season. Um, so that kind of changes a lot. And with the Braves already being the team to beat, that kind of gives them another step of separation. So as much as these words coming out of my mouth, I don't like to say it's really looking like Braves Astros to me right now. Yuck. Any concern about the Braves, uh, excuse me, the Astros pitching here? Because if, if we look at the, the starters ERA, July it was 460. August it was a tick above five. May it was 326. So it's kind of been all over the map. Like you said, they did get Verlander uh, after the deadline and, and stuff like that. But kind of inconsistent pitching. And that, that that's a big factor anytime you're trying to go for a world. Like anytime that they've been able to get it done in the fall classic, they've had tremendous starting pitching. Yeah, it's true. Um, but, you know, the starting pitching often comes down to, to, you know, the top two or three guys. Yeah. And that's where if you got Verlander and you have Framber Valdez, who's still throwing really well this season, and then one of these other guys can piece together a run. You know, your uh, Christian Javier, who was great last year, JP France, the kid, or, you know, maybe every third day you, you know, you let uh, Neris and Montero and all, you know, Presley and those guys really take the helm. So it is a little thin, you know, like thinner than it has been in the past, but I think they have enough going on at that position that they can fortify it and get through. And then last baseball question here. I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Phillies because they remain one of the hardest teams to yeah, beat right sure. now. Uh, Zach Wheeler, absolutely dealing. Um, but do you, same kind of pitching question here. Um, do you think that, that the Phillies have enough once we get to the fall classic or the playoffs in general to make, make a run here? I do. I do. And it's actually for the same exact reason as the Astros. I think when you, in any series, 
can throw out Nola and Wheeler again, both guys who are, you know, not often going to shut you out with nine innings or something, but with the kind of offense that a Philly has, either one of those guys is one of the more consistent bets for six innings and under three runs in the league. You know, those two guys. So again, it's, you know, it's just like basketball where in the playoffs, your rotation slims down to eight guys. You know, once you get into these playoff series, especially in the modern baseball, it's really, really coming down to like your top two starters and what the relievers are doing. So because of that, I think Philly, Philly does have a chance. I love it. All right. Finally, we get to talk some hoops. You know, it's been a abnormally dry August and September uh, here for hoops action. Only James Harden. Also, it's Only James Harden about. showing up at a uh, yeah. inter Miami LAFC game, sitting next to Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. Unbelievable situation there. But Team USA, you know, they were in the semifinals against Germany at the FIBA World Cup happening Friday morning. And they were not able to get it done. Uh, Team USA lost 113-111 to Germany. Now, like you may be thinking, Germany, like who the heck do they have? The Wagner, uh, the Wagner brothers. Um, Moritz and Franz. It sounds Daniel, like a... Daniel Tice is German. Apparently. Sounds like a German kid's book. Moritz but, uh, and Franz come for the cookies. Dennis Schroeder, also part of this German team as well. Uh, real, real season NBA team going yeah. up against a Team USA team that made that they made a big bet before the start of this tournament. They were like, "We're not going to have size, but we can beat you from our perimeter shooting and everything like that." Well, in the third quarter against Germany today, uh, the shots weren't falling. The defense was getting toasted uh, by ve- by a very veteran Germany team. So I kind of have a, a bit of a longer term USA basketball question to ask you here. Now we, we we've seen this happen time and time again when they don't put the the main team that they're going to put out at the olympics is this a look at the future or is this kind of like a a one-time thing because we've talked about who's going to be the star of usa basketball once kd is gone you don't have a guy like john morant there you thought anthony edwards looked like he could be the guy in in this tournament so what's kind of your uh your perspective on what team usa is going to be like going forward well i'm not i'm honestly not too worried i mean i think we're seeing another example of the international level of play throughout you know, basketball is good in a lot of places. And if you want to win these international tournaments, you have to send the best players just like they are. So, uh, you know, it was the same thing as the, the Lithuanian team. Germany just had too much size, too much body. You know, the Americans didn't look ready to play, but to answer your question, no, I don't think this is because take the core of this team, take the players who played well, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Take Bridges, take um, Edwards, uh, take Jaron Jackson, take Jalen Brunson, take a couple of these guys, and now you're throwing them in with, uh, oh, okay, just say Jimmy Butler and Steph Curry were on this team. Yeah. Is America winning the FIBAs? Probably. Yeah, they're winning (laughs) the fucking FIBAs. So that's where I'm not that worried because there is literally Bobby fucking Portis is on his team. Yeah. I love Bobby. Hey, Portis. Hey, great. Hey. He's great. He's great. <laughs> Listen, he's great, but you're not even saying you're not even, you're sending the fourth, fifth best player on a certain yeah. team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's just not going to be that way uh, coming up. Um, I think it was good to showcase some of these people. I think you did something for Anthony Edwards that potentially wouldn't have happened previously, you know? And that's like, it's a useful exercise. What just yeah. happened? Um, but I do think you're going to replace your your Portis, your Josh Hart, your Walker Kessler with actual top line players, and then all of a sudden, you know, like what if Bam Adebayo's out there instead of yeah. Walker Kessler? You know, like like just these simple. There was not one All NBA player on that team. Yeah. So I, there's so I don't. I'm not concerned about the future, and I think. Their sights were set on the Olympics this whole time, probably. The recruitment of Joel Embiid is going to be a, a interesting thing. He's allegedly, you know, he became a U.S. citizen, so technically he's eligible for this. He's had talks with like a bunch of different countries, France being the big one of it. Boy, that's this is going to be like the first time we've had like a FIBA recruitment battle. Yeah, uh, yeah. France is trying to go it, and then you're going to have Spo and Steve Kerr mm-hmm. and like Jerry Colangelo come back into the position and be like, hey, Joel, we need you. So, yeah, yeah. But then he's probably going to choke in the gold medal game. No. 
I mean, who knows? And, you know, it's Joel. Maybe he's just going to go where the better team is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if he gets, work. like, what, I mean, what about Twin Towers? You want to go yeah. see Joel play with <laughs> Wembenyama? Yeah. Could be fun. It could you be know? fun. But I don't know if Joel wants to play with, like, 62-year-old Evan Fournier, which is part <laughs> of the reason France wasn't in anymore. So Yeah. All right. Well, you know, that's uh, that, that's about all we got on the I docket for today. I love it. Plenty of ways to get in contact with the show. You can email us at the tune podcast at gmail.com to peas in there. If you want to follow us on all the social platforms, we're at the tune up HQ on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. Be sure to follow the big man on Instagram <laughs> at Benny Horowitz. I'm at Denny Gallagher. What the heck way does this go? Oh, Benny, do you I got anything it. else? I love it. Go Colorado Buffaloes. I'm a fan. Let's go. Coach Prime, you're on the clock. The show has ended. Go in peace. You have been listening to and watching The Tune-Up.